listening to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, affiliated with the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up guys? It's JK3. Hey, it's a great honor today. We have JP Shadrick, all things Jaguars, Jaguars Radio Network, senior reporter, editor, just straight up one of the most recognizable folks in the organization. I I think just based on his voice alone. Uh, So we're super honored to have JP here. How are you doing, JP? Doing all right today? I'm good. I'm JP, everybody. That's that everybody had to intro themselves. So I, I figured I had to do it also. But it's good okay. to be with you guys. Thanks for, for having me on. Uh, I know I'm, I'm <laughs> this started at a chance meeting at Strings, I think. And yeah. Turned into <laughs> this. So here we are at opening week and a lot of lot to talk about. It's so funny because I, I, I saw you at Strings and I heard you. I was like, oh man, that's really him. So actually hearing the voice and seeing the person behind it. And so boy, crazy is he ugly. Woo. <laughs> oh, that's what you oh. said. That's what you said to your people that were there. I, I is that what you said? No, that's no. That's no. Really mean, man. I'll tell you. So, JP, it was my birthday. My buddy, uh, we got shout out to uh, Jonathan Graves, uh, JG. He he saw you and he says, hey, that's JP over there. I'm like, JP Shadrick. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got to work the room and. You know, uh, and then I'll, you know, come over and introduce myself, shake his hand. And and he went and told JK3. And before I knew it, JK3 was already over there. And I'm like, oh, OK, then he's got it. I got to keep working the room because people kept showing up. Uh, but no, we, you know, it, that, we love that place. You know, although that's we, a great uh, spot. Isn't it? it is yeah. unbelievable. Yep. The deep people do. They do un- unbelievable work. And, and it's a great space. I love going there. It's too bad they don't have 75 cent wing night on Mondays anymore because <laughs> There's a wing shortage apparently in the country, so they had to change that, unfortunately. But I love that place. Yeah, these guys are a lot more smooth when it comes to walking up to somebody like you. And like, as I'm saying, the intro with your bio and everything, I'm over shaking. Somebody like me, come on, man! Like, you're famous. I'm just a guy. I'm here. I'm very fortunate. He's a jag. Yeah, but you're the guy. Corey, he's just another guy. I'm just a guy who likes chicken wings and beer. Okay, all right, that's a good way to look at it. Well, um, they're more smooth than me in pretty much all ways of life, but well, that's another conversation. Um, okay. So yeah, we uh, appreciate you, uh, coming on, um, you know, just to get started, you know, you've been with the the Jaguars for you know quite a while now, and you've seen a lot in that time. How does this year stack up to prior years in terms of the expectations and the excitement with all the, uh, the new additions that the team has? Well, it's season 10 for me. My first season here was 2012, and that was right after the ownership change. Mr. Connor just bought the team. And let's see, Mike Malarkey was hired as the head coach. Gene Smith was in his, what would be his final year as the general manager. So, you know, for me, I was just so new to it and green. I, you know, oh, this is what the NFL is. No, whatever. And then it all blew up after a year. They changed it all again and, and brought in Dave Caldwell and Gus Bradley and gutted the roster and started from there. That didn't really work out. Uh, we know how that change happened at the end. Doug Marone was here. He stayed on as the head coach, but here comes Tom Coughlin a little later in the announcement to to run everything. So uh, I've seen it a few different ways. Uh, this one is different because it feels like after nine years of ownership for Shad Khan, he's seen those those ways as well firsthand, even closer, obviously, than I have because he's right there in the middle of every conversation that goes on. So he's seen different ways to go about it. And maybe he's learned from some of the past mistakes. And he said, you know what? This is the time. Let's go get, let's go get a guy that is a proven winner in college. 
not that that would equate to the NFL, but you, he has a process for doing things. He is detail oriented, and you know that his track record is at least in wins and losses in college because of that detail is is impeccable. And then let's obviously go get the quarterback. You got the number one overall pick. You weren't planning to go one and fifteen, as some pundits said they did. That was not the case at all. But parlay all that into one big season here this offseason. Uh, it, it's I, I don't remember the anticipation for a season, uh, at least in the time that I've been around here, as for this. So new coach, new quarterback, brand new defense, spent a bunch of, bunch of money in free agency. The expectations, I don't know. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I think the excitement level is as high as it's been since I've been around here. What about just covering the team and being up face and uh, up close and personal to Urban and, and the coaching staff? Um, you know, what are the key differences in covering the team with with Urban as the leader and head coach versus the prior head coaches? Is there anything that stands out? Maybe even just you know from a college perspective, some of the things that maybe he took from college that aren't as uh, common with you know maybe NFL head coaches. I'll say this first of all, we're not really up close and personal. It depends on your tiering level. You know, <laughs> there's still the COVID tier system, which is strange, right? So I'm in right now, as we record this, I'm in our radio studio here in the building, right? And I'm in the business side. There's a, a they call it the rubber hallway. There's a hallway that goes between uh, uh, by the locker rooms here and all that. It goes all the way from the north end of the stadium to the south end on the Jaguar side. So uh, and on the field side of that is the football offices, coaching staff, uh, a couple other locker rooms, some meeting rooms and all that. Well, on this side is all business. It's the ticket sales office. It's sponsorship and all that. Well, over here, you don't cross into the rubber hallway anymore because of COVID-19 tiering system. So huh. players and coaches are tier one. Folks that are immediately around them are still tier two. I'm tier stay the hell away from everybody as much as you can. <laughs> I think. Oh, okay. So the, the, I, I kid a little bit, but you have to be at a certain tier level to even go to the press conferences anymore. And there are certain numbers of people inside the organization that can be tier two M or whatever is allowed to go interact with uh, urban or players at the podium or whatever that is. So not quite on that. So I'm, I'm not interacting face-to-face -face with Urban as much as maybe I did in the offseason because those sure. rules weren't really around in the offseason. They kind of buttoned it down a little bit now that the regular season is here. Now, I'll say this about Urban. I do like the fact that he has been very transparent about what he knows and does not know about the NFL. He, I didn't really know what to expect in that front. I didn't I didn't really know him that well. I did some work with him way back and, and it was such a long time ago and so minimal that it wouldn't really matter in this scope, but I, his reputation, was he going to be one that knew it all? And this is the way it is. And th this is the way we're going to do this. Or was he going to be really open-minded? It's been a pleasure to hear him uh, be open-minded and listen to advice from all parts of the organization and people who've been around the league before and, He's going to open every avenue to, to try to get information about something he doesn't know, uh, whether that's player acquisition or contracts or, you know, a two minute drill and play clock and, and, and everything. I mean, everything hash marks they're different. I mean, it, he's, he's going to ask questions of anybody that knows anything about those topics that he does not know about or might be different. So, and he's been very honest about that. So for, in my world in radio land, it's, it's great to have great sound bites from Urban Meyer. That's fantastic. 
the, I think the big question though is how will that uh, last throughout the season? Will that last throughout the season? If things and there will be some adversity if things don't go well in a certain week or two, how does he handle? Um, the things he has to do after the game or Monday after watching tape. And, you know, can he put it aside if there's a loss and then have that 24-hour rule and then Tuesday, boom, we're on to Cleveland, right, as as Bill Belichick said. So that's that, – that you don't know because losses in college are so much more meaningful, as some on this podcast know already this year, right. than NFL, right? <laughs> you, you lose – a college football game, and you your chances of w- going to the national championship are done. Right. With the NFL, you got 16 more games after week one, and it's right. not the end of the world. There's no rankings. You have to impress voters. It, it'll be a little adjustment. I'm curious how that happens, when it happens, because it will happen, and how he handles that. But so far, it's been, I, I would say, very good covering him because he always gives you something to work with. Derek, real quick, some context around that college football thing. So Derek's the one who's 0-1 with Florida State, so we recap this. We got JP with Alabama, 1-0. We got uh, JK3 with the uh, Florida Gators, 1-0. And we have me with UNF, undefeated forever in football. So just a heads up. Oh, yeah. Congrats. What a record. Yeah, yeah, what a record. <laughs> you know, it, and and working with, you know, and, and having uh, Urban in the building now, and we look at it as fans, it's like, well, yeah, he's going to have to come through that, but then also it's the culture and the mindset. And now that he, you know, we've gone through the draft, you get, you got Trevor Lawrence, you know, he, same thing, you know, he's only used to winning. Um, And a lot of national media before the draft, which we couldn't stand, I couldn't stand said, Oh, well, you know, it was his receivers or it was the, the system. It was always an excuse. And here locally, we're like, what are you talking about? He tore it up for three years. Like, so what do you think about that as far as like just some of the, I guess, you know, I don't know if it was because they don't like Jacksonville having an NFL team or just maybe just like haterism, you know, who knows, but uh, you should being a Bama fan that that game, his freshman year, it was the receivers that did that to Alabama's defense, not Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all, but you know, some national members, I, I don't want to say names. They, they believe that, and I can't wait to show them, and hopefully we prove them wrong. Uh, do they believe that, or do they say it out of convenience? I think a lot of times that, that might be it, because they are covering 31 other teams as well, a lot of these national NFL folks, and it's tough sometimes to dig deep. Now, digging that deep, it's not digging that deep to go watch the national championship game from three years ago and realize that the receivers didn't all take end around handoffs to score those touchdowns in that game, by the way. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. had to throw them the football, and Trevor did a great job in that game as a freshman after, what, 15 games that season. So I uh, can't take that away from him. I, I just, I don't know. I understand the fans, the Jacksonville fans, Jaguar fans being upset and taking slights and, you know, being angry about that kind of thing. But he's here now. So let it go, I guess. I I don't want to be that (laughs) frank, but what else do you want to? I mean, I know you want to get angry and show them that, oh, you know what? We got it now. Well, you know what? We'll do that. Winning 10 games in the show. You win 10 games and go 10 and seven, and you're in the playoffs year after year after year, consistent winning like Shad Khan wants. Mm -hmm. Then guess what? 
the national people will love you. And because they'll get to come down here and play sawgrass and hang out by the river and do, you know, NFL live or whatever the show is and be around some and interact with this organization more. And because they have to at that point, and they'll, they're going to have to turn and love it because it's 10 and seven. That's how you do it. Yeah. That's how I feel sometimes is there. I forget what the name of the song is, but it's an old song where you're going to love me. You know, you're going to love, that's what I feel like after we win 10 games, hopefully make the playoffs, they're going to be forced to love us or else. That's right. Yeah. So. I mean, they, Buffalo, right? I mean, Buffalo is good again. Oh, they, mm-hmm. everybody loves Buffalo all of a sudden. Like, right. know, they when they stink. Well, I mean, that's debatable. I don't know if everyone loves Buffalo. Maybe the wings, but <laughs> but um, you know, with the with the fifty three man roster, you know, kind of finally set. Um, I'd be interested to see, and I don't know if you have any insight to this, but how are they going to continue to evaluate players? You know, to make sure that Urban's getting the best on the field. I mean, you know, reduce. Um, you know, preseason, you've got a couple of names, you know, more specifically that's come to light right now with the, you know, Wingard and Cisco situation. You know, how are they going to continue to evaluate that talent? Is it going to be, you know, in the, you know, the limited amount of practices they have? Is it just going to be when, you know, someone gets a shot? You know, how do you think that would, uh, you know, go going forward, evaluate that talent? I think that's with, with any staff. It's every rep you get, whether it's in practice or in a game, counts and it's big and that's why because of the limited repetitions in preseason this year the only three games they they weighed much more heavily than they did in the past at least in my opinion especially for the bottom third of the roster that you're trying to figure out okay can this guy be the backup safety and play two special teams units and do the well you only have one less game to to try to figure that out right once once the season gets going, if you are able to make that 53, uh, or even if you make that practice squad, that 16 guys on there, the rules are such that it's it's not a 53-man roster. It's just right. like Jihad Ward said, there will be changes all year long. Guys are going to come and go. Uh, you can bring up a couple guys on game day even and not have them count against your limit. You, you only do that a certain amount of times a year. So they're going to trick this thing out. And, right. you know, Guys that aren't on the wide receiver room right now on the regular on the active roster, they'll be up and down all year long. And depending on the matchup against that week, I think it's going to be, as they said last week, a fluid situation with the roster. I don't think that was just on cut down week. That's going to be all season long. And it's like that most years anyway. I mean, let's be honest with you guys get hurt. People come and go. You're trying to figure out you're never deep as you want to be at every position anyway, there's always that search to churn and try to find a a little extra step somewhere down the depth chart. So I'm not overly concerned with it because I I think it's what it is right now. They'll always try to improve it. They have the first waiver claim choice, the first three weeks, if somebody gets cut around the league and then it resets by record at that point, week to week. So, um, Let's hope we're not number one after week three. That would be <laughs> nice. But they have they have some ability right now. They, they're not going to become a Super Bowl roster overnight with the number one waiver claim. It's just not going to work like that. But I don't think the 53 now is the, the end-all, be-all because it will change, and it will change by this Sunday. It'll change by next Sunday, and it's just going to be an evolving um, way they look at players. That's, that's just the, the nature of the beast, especially with that expanded practice squad now. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and, and speaking of, and this is a, a, a small thing, uh, looking at the entire uh, roster, you know, we, we really haven't looked at special teams the last few years, especially kicking game. Irv's come in and made a couple of comments about, you know, we're going to evaluate every position. And then Lambeau starts missing kicks. <laughs> now, we know every kicker in the NFL has a short hook. How short do you think Lambeau's hook really is? You know, Urban's, you know, it's not going well. I'm sure he's quick to pull the trigger. But uh, Lambeau has been probably our most consistent player, if you look at all three phases, so for the last four years, just at, at the kicking game. Well, I mean, they did sign that Norwegian kicker. I can't pronounce his name right now to the practice squad, just in case. And you, I mean, you kind of need that just in case COVID things pop up. Like you need a specialist around, somebody who can at least get the ball away or punt or something. You know, if Cook is banged up for uh, COVID or whatever. That's why that guy's there. Um, I think this about Urban, it, he knows exactly what he's saying and why he's saying it. And when he was short, when answering questions that week about Josh Lambeau and making kicks, he said something to the effect of, well, you got to make the field goal. You got to put it through the uprights. And that's all he said. Well, that tells you, well, you better put the darn football between the uprights, Josh Lambeau, right? That's, that's what it's about. That's his way of showing a little pressure, showing that this is not a you know a loose matter here. We're not going to leave three points on the field when you miss field goals if it becomes a regular thing. And by the way, in practice, in training camp a lot, Urban stands <laughs> during the field goals, Urban stands between the snapper and the holder right there. So he is on top of it. Like he's right there, literally right off the holder's hip. He's standing right there beside the snap. So the kicker has, you can probably feel the kicker walk by him with the wind when he swings his leg. Like that's how close Urban is to this thing. Just to apply some pressure. That's what it is. So um, better make the kicks. I don't know how short the hook is to answer your question, but you start missing field goals two or three in a game, especially if they feel like they're going to be tighter football games this year. That's not ideal. So, and Lambo knows that. Like you, you heard yeah. his, the other week, he had his press conference and all that. He understands the business behind it. Uh, I just don't. I don't. <laughs> he doesn't like people trying to get into his head. So we'll avoid that here or whatever. But uh, no matter whose head it is, as long as you make the field goals, you'll be fine. Good, well, good. If, if Herbs is the the biggest uh, pressure that he's going to face all year, if that's what he, you know, if that's his biggest pressure, then hey. 
I guess crowds or 20 degree weather, wherever we are, won't matter. So hopefully that's, yeah. that's the case. Well, yeah, the, the guy making the roster decisions right there, breathing down your neck. That's, that's pressure to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The, uh, the old saying JP is, you know, uh, X's and it's all about the, uh, Jimmy and Jimmy's and Joe's not the X's and O's. Um, so with this roster right now, uh, you know, we've added Hollister. We added, um, you know, Johnson from uh, San Diego, who I've been, or, or excuse me, L.A. now, mm-hmm. uh, who, who I've been, you know, kind of just enamored with, um, you know, watching some of the plays that he's been making and some of the film that's been leaking. Realistically, now with this revamped roster, revamped defense, you know, Trevor Lawrence, all the, you know, whistles and bells, how many W's we got this year? Oh, wow. You're going straight for the jugular. Straight I, I, through I, it. <laughs> <laughs> I, this team is on a 15 game losing streak currently. So even counting Dallas, I'm not Come on, man. get out of here. Right? Come on, man. I'm sure they won some preseason games last year, but Hey, guess what? I, forgot. I don't know. So they're on a 15 game losing streak. Remember that. So, and they should have won some games last year, but they didn't. And that's where they are to go from one in 15 to, 10 wins is a huge ask, but it's funny. We did this. We did a podcast today. Jaguars reporters Sorry to plug mine on yours, but it's on the official Jaguars podcast network. And we talked about, uh, actually, Osher brought up the point today, John Osher, our senior writer, you know, thinking about all the starting players on Sunday that could be back from last year's offense, five offensive linemen are back. Uh, DJ Shark will be back. LaVisca Chenault. That's seven. Uh, running back, James Robinson. You could have eight offensive players of the 11 back from last season's 1-15 and 15 team, which is just crazy to think about. But that one big guy is wearing number 16 in the backfield. That could be the, the big difference. So what does the defense look like? I don't know. I mean, there's all a bunch of new people. that They spent a bunch of money up front to stop the run. They Four out of the five starters could be new in the secondary if Cisco wins the job or whatever. So – that's a lot of new and a new coordinator and a new scheme. I, you know, as long as they stop the run, if they, if they get middle of the pack against the run this year, that's a marked improvement and big for that group. So I, for me, it's seven, eight wins, like right below 500 is a, a you want to win obviously more than that. I'd love a 10 win season. It would be incredible. Reality says it's seven to eight wins. There's a really good jump from one fifteen. They'll never say that, obviously. They're trying to go out and win every week. But uh, that's a good base. Is, and, and here's the thing. The record, no matter what it is, if it's 1-16, in 15, 16, as long as Trevor Lawrence improves week to week and everything around him is getting better, they'll never be 1-16. First of all, they'll be better and better as the year goes along. As long as he has some steady uphill improvement as this season improves or moves along and he improves, I think that's a really good place to be going into next season. Okay. I think that's so part seven of the, or eight to answer your question. Seven or eight is like, okay, eight. that would be a really good year. And in, in my opinion, a really good year would be 10 wins, 11 wins, but reality is seven to eight. I mean, that's right. what I was going to say, but you said it. So I'll just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the official, the official prediction uh, right here at first. Um, I think that's part of it too, though. Like you said, the excitement factor that, you know, now that we have some pieces that, 
you know, we can look forward to the future a little bit, even if we don't maybe rack up as many wins as we want. You know, we have Trevor Lawrence, we have Urban Meyer, we have all these other young guys that there's still there's still going to be excitement nonetheless, which is kind of what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, but with with all the uh, you know work that you've done with the team, particularly when it comes to interacting with fans like us. Um, can you share maybe just a, a best memory or story, whether it be heartfelt or funny, ideally funny, uh, with regards to an interaction uh, with a fan on the radio or in person or, or otherwise? Well, uh, you know, in our post-game call-in show, the scoreboard show after the games, I don't know if you guys have listened to that before. Yes, this is where I think where we were going with this. That's interesting. We've got- <laughs> We got a guy named Saqib who calls in. Oh, he calls in every, every game. Game. Every game. And you know how the game went. Before, you know, and you know the first phone call is usually Saqib. So is if the game didn't go well, we're we're talking Saqib off the heart bridge some nights, you know. <laughs> if the game goes well, you know he's gonna be, oh yeah, Doug Marone's my guy, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. It, and if not, it's like he wants to whack everybody. And I've never met Saki. I've never met him in person. I don't think. Maybe I, in the past, I, I may not have known that. But I think I would have remembered meeting Saki because he's such an impactful caller for us for so many years. It's not just since I've been here. I think he's been calling forever. I mean, that's yeah. just what he does. So I, <laughs> we kind of look forward to what Saki has to say. Uh, after this, after the game every week, that's, that's one thing, you know, I, I'll occasionally get out and about, you know, you guys have met me out and about in a, at an establishment, right. We'll say the brewery, um, you know, a couple other places like that. I'll go. And I, I enjoy that though. I enjoy people coming up and talking cause I get it, man. Like I, I'm a fan. I, I was, a, I, I grew up in Alabama. I'm an Alabama fan, right. I, you know, they don't pay me to do anything, but I, I still enjoy watching them play. Right. But when I was a fan and in school and like in that t- mindset, I, I every time I would see somebody involved with the universe, that was a big deal. And I, I enjoy it. So I totally get I, and I enjoy people coming up and, and talking ball because I appreciate what that is. And like people listening to our stuff and podcasts and watching our shows and all excited about the team. Like, so, you know, I, unless I'm like, you know, I, I've never really say no. Like I, I always like talking to people. So it, this is the this is the PSA for everybody listening to this. If you're if you see me out and about, and if I'm not like in the middle of some like dinner or something like intimate like that, come on, man. Like I, I'll talk to anybody, I, right. so, and I enjoy that stuff. So I, I don't really have another story beyond that. But I just in general, I enjoyed the the conversation and the the passion that the fan base has too, man. Cause it's real and it's, it's a long time coming. Like this is a, this is a fun time. This, this fan base has been through hell and you guys know it. And yeah, now these are the fun times, hopefully ahead real soon. It's I tough think, uh, on a one in 15 team. Like, I don't, I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, you guys are really <laughs> magicians when it comes to pulling out some things and creating content. I mean, you know, it, it, it's tough. It really is. And I'll say this about that. It, I would not wish that on my worst enemy. I, I know. <laughs> I, and I just don't. I, it's, it's, and I said this on an interview the other day, and it makes a lot of sense to keep thinking about it. Like, you know, the football team, you can't control what they do, right? The one in 15. Okay, they stink. That's fine. But 
everybody over here on the business side of the office, we talked about the tiering system, right? The wall and you can't, you know, well, they're trying to sell tickets for that. And they're trying to sell sponsorship for that. And they're trying to go in the community and market that to, it is dismal. Like there are 200 more than that two at least 200 full-time employees for this organization that come in here every day trying to support the football team. Right. And when you have a pretty good idea come Wednesday or Thursday, that this football team is not going to compete that Sunday, that is a dismal existence and it is tough to do. So I, it's not just me. I have nothing to do with me. I, I get to come on a microphone and talk football. Like that's cool. Like, but for folks who have to go try to pound the pavement and do this all that, that is really difficult. So I wouldn't wish one in 15 of my worst enemy. It is a, it, and I hope we never have to go through it again here. Uh, it, it's just absolutely awful for so many reasons, not just the football team, but for everything involved, the fan base, uh, having to hear it from all sides, anybody involved in the organization. It's not a proud moment at all, but that's in the rear view now. So let's, uh, let's move forward and, you know, make some really good memories. And I'll say this too, about the one in 15 covering the team, right? I give Doug Marone a lot of credit because he still stood there and, and answered questions. He didn't, he knew what was going on. His, his setup was not perfect because of the way it was set up with the leadership and things, but he always came in and did the Doug Marone show. Yeah. He might not, have, he might've been salty up front, but he was always great with me and with us on radio and understood what we were doing and why we were asking certain questions. We were never going to bury the guy. Like that was never our MO. I mean, but he, he fought through and did the best he could for that team. It just his, unfortunately his skin work. is made out of Teflon because some of the questions that he was rolled up and asked, like, you know, that should have been directed at other, you know, uh, staff members or leadership. And he just stood there every week and just took it. Like, and that's what I'm talking about. Right? So you, <laughs> yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. questions that he had no business answering and he would just do the best he could to answer it or, uh, you know, direct them in a certain way. But that was just the lay of the land in the past years around here. So well, I, now I he's at Alabama. Now he's he at Bama building, a, building another future offensive line. Yeah, uh, he's got a pretty good offensive line, too. And by the way, if you watch the game on Saturday, and uh, he's actually got six offensive linemen in the game. One of the the guy that was listed at the right tackle, they, it was wearing number 60. They put a number 85 jersey on him and played him at tight end all day. So they had like six offensive linemen on the field against Miami just because they could dominate the trenches. They've got a left tackle that probably is going to be a first-round pick and Evan Neal. So Doug's in a pretty good spot. And I'll say this about Tuscaloosa, and you guys know this. It seems to be like the rehab center slash car wash for assistant coaches, right? For <laughs> coaches that have Bill O'Brien's there. Yeah. Right? Maybe you can go back and have a good winning year and then get back in it. It's a real thing. Seven of the last oh, – this is the ninth OC at Alabama under Saban, right? Seven of the pre or six of the previous eight, something like that, have gone on to head coaching jobs right after cricket. So it's just how it works, man. You come back, you kind of go through the thing and you know, reset a little bit, learn something new, maybe from, from Saban, and there you go. So apparently, if you're a college kid and an NFL coach to get to the NFL, you go to Bama. <laughs> you're recruiting for Alabama now. That sounds like, hey, I mean, no, 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 so, no. So it sounds oh, like a, that not. was a recruiting. Absolutely not. <laughs> 
<laughs> JP, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have you back in like two weeks for like a 10-minute snippet, and you're just going to ask uh, JK3, what happened to your gators this weekend? <laughs> And then we'll just leave it at that and just let him respond and we'll go from there. So. That's funny. I have the Gators this week on Touchdown Radio. I do some college hmm. games on Saturday. So I had the Bama game last week and I've got Florida, South Florida this week in Tampa. So I'm curious what the quarterback situation will be in Gainesville. I'd say play them both because why not? You know, it's, I think it's too early to just pull the plug on Emory Jones. He was a high recruit for a reason. So give him a shot. I think you can still use Richardson in a way that can balance things out and you can still win, especially this week. You played yeah. South Florida for goodness sakes. They got blown out 45 to nothing last week against NC state. So uh, don't panic. Don't panic. It's week number two coming up. Same, same thing for you, Derek. Don't it, it's Jackson state, you know, Dion's coming back to Florida state, man. So, you know, you don't, you don't want to lose him. So just be careful. Jacksonville state. And, and yeah, we'll <laughs> get to that later. We'll get to it. <laughs> J- JP's got to run. We'll get, we'll get back to our debate later. <laughs> No yeah. difference, <laughs> but no, uh, JP, we really appreciate it. And we'll definitely probably start a petition after this for a face-to-face with you and Saqib or, uh, maybe a Patreon to get Saqib a press pass or something. That'd be probably pretty entertaining. Uh, I don't know point, if we but... need Saqib with a press pass, but we can work <laughs> on the face-to-face meeting. How about that? I, I, I like um, that part of it. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, we'll see what happens, but no, we appreciate it. Uh, thanks again. I mean, uh, super kind of you to, to do this. And obviously, I mean, it'd be ridiculous for us to say like, Hey, you can find JP on Twitter because I'm assuming all fans are already following you and it's hard to miss you. Otherwise, if you're a Jaguars fan. So again, JP really appreciate the time. And um, thanks again for uh, coming on today. You got it, guys. Uh, anytime, let's do it again uh, at some point during the season. Once we get rolling here, and once the Jags are like seven and zero, oh, maybe we can have like a positive, positive. Don't get me, don't get me, don't get me hyped up, man. On a, on a Tuesday, I got this Buffalo Trace next to me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why we need to do the in person one next time. So we can bring that Buffalo Trace out. There you go. That's a good idea. Well, no, we I appreciate, appreciate you guys. it. guys. Yeah, no, thank you, JP. And if, uh, if you guys are on Apple Podcasts, please uh, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a rating and review uh, with uh, five stars, preferably. And we're also on Spotify and Google Podcasts as well. So thanks again, uh, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.